War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. is 106 and folks you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 and 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com it's 106 it's thursday it's june 9th and this portion of our program is brought by the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln delicious food and drinks Pop it and see them right off of 146 there's a great meal waiting for you at the lodge pub and eatery and last night they had a great crowd in the lounge for the uh, Celtics game, and then the Celtics play again now on Friday night at the Lodge. Well, they don't play there, but you can watch the game at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Um, folks, I want to cover a lot this hour, and I, I want to start with, again, a- as I have mentioned, that I, I just, this whole January 6th thing and what they're trying to do with this is, it, it, it's just all politics. People are getting disgusted by politics and with Congress. And what, what you're going to witness and what they're trying to pull off tonight is, is more just evidence of that. This is ridiculous. Some of the accusations they're trying to make. In the end, you know, whatever this is that they're trying to claim happened, um, that, 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 that is just, it, it's ridiculous. And they are hyping it. You know, tonight, Rachel Maddow, the January 6th hearings. They're, they're trying to create an event on television. And I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that that, that is, in fact... I, that, I, I think they're going to fail. Is what I want to say about that. I think they're going to fail. So, um, as a matter of fact, I I know they are. They're going to try their best and do this big piece, and they're going to have a big production and never be seen before, you know, in from uh, video seen before. Um, uh, they they can try all they want, but it's I don't I don't believe it's it's. I know it's not going to work because people are just not going to watch it. And they, all the networks are going all in. They're all taking the bait on it, as a matter of fact. Um, and they want to hype this up. And they even are, you know, trying to go into a, um, you know, kind of like more of they feel it's like a production thing. We need to, uh, we need to do this in more of a way to make it interesting for people. That's the problem. So we're going to make it even more exciting so people want to tune in and and watch this. And what happened? Our democracy's under attack. And, um, you know, video obtained now. ABC has exclusively obtained material. And I, I, I saw this this morning. I want to I play this. It's we We already know, though, that we, we've heard and seen all of the video, right? They're jumping over the bike racks and they're running in and then they're pushing some of the security at the Capitol and like all of that going on. But the real violence that's playing out played out with the guy that was arrested for trying to kill Judge Kavanaugh. I want to play for you, though. This is John Carl of ABC. I want you to hear. This is his piece. They played this this morning on Good Morning America. The chaos and carnage as the Capitol was attacked on January 6th was a documentary filmmaker and his crew. Tonight, he will tell his remarkable story and show for the first time the footage that he and his crew shot as the mob attacked the Capitol. Freedom! 
morning, exclusively on ABC, we're seeing extraordinary, never-before-seen video of the January 6th attack on the Capitol, taken by documentary filmmaker Nick Quested, who turned over hours of footage to the January 6th committee. He was right there with the Proud Boys and others as they marched on the Capitol. He captured the chaos outside. I am not allowed to say what's going to happen today. Barricades going down. You've seen that. On the inaugural platform, a rioter falling off the balcony. The police assaulted, rioters using flagpoles as weapons. The action when the building is breached. We have stormed the Capitol! And inside the Capitol. His film crew capturing the scene outside Nancy Pelosi's office. You know this. Shot just minutes after Speaker Pelosi was evacuated from the building by the Capitol Police. Quested himself was assaulted, a rioter seen here trying to smash his camera. In footage previously released by the Justice Department, Quested videotaped Proud Boys leader Enrique Terrio as he was released from prison and on the eve of the riot meeting in an underground parking garage on Capitol Hill with another militant leader, Stuart Rhodes of the Oath Keepers. On day one of the hearings, the committee hopes to document the horror of the day on Capitol Hill and Donald Trump's failure to do anything to stop it. You'll never take back our country with weakness. In addition to Quested, they'll hear live testimony from Capitol Police Officer Caroline Edwards, who was injured when rioters broke through the barricades. And we will hear taped testimony from some of those closest to Trump when it all went down, including his daughter Ivanka and son-in-law Jared Kushner. The committee plans several more hearings later this month with the aim of showing that this was far more than a riot. It was a months-long effort led by President Trump himself to overturn a presidential election. Guys. All right, John. Thank you so much. We're going to bring in our chief legal analyst, Dan Abrams. And we have to remind folks, this is not a legal proceeding. So what is the end game here? What's the goal? Well, theoretically, this is supposed to be to evaluate what happened to prevent it from happening again, right? To pass laws, uh, to create procedures, to ensure that nothing like this ever happens. And that's why Jonathan's last point is so important, that this is really about what led up to it. Mm -hmm. Yes, the videos are going to be incredibly compelling and powerful, but when you're talking about how to prevent something like this from happening again, really the focus has to be on how did we get here? How did this happen? Etc. And this is it's not a legal proceeding, but are there any legal ramifications? Potentially. Look, any information that they gather that shows potential criminality could certainly be used in any future proceedings. It could be used in a civil case uh, as well. I think that information is much more important than any potential criminal referrals from Congress. People say, well, is Congress going to refer for criminality? It's possible. But that's much less important, I think, than the actual information that they gather as part of this. And, and as we noted, this is a primetime event. Clearly, they're looking for a massive audience of the American people. So how important is this in the court of public opinion? I think this is all about the court of public opinion. When you're talking about getting Congress to act, you need support from the public. When you're talking about getting Congress to pass laws or change procedures, etc., you need the backing of the public. And that's why, uh, for members of this committee, how the public responds is so critical. Yeah, and we'll see what happens tonight. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. And we will have live coverage of the first primetime hearing tonight. You know, th this is, again, you just heard it. It's all about the court of public opinion. Folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 1.15. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. How about this? These are some recent headlines right now. USA Shock, $95 to fill up the family car. $95 to fill up a family car. Tonight, the hearings, Penn's testimony, maybe. Committee kips, kicks off capital attack public probe. Uh... That was ridiculous where President Biden was trashing President Trump on Kimmel. Fox is going to counter program. Fox is going to win the night. 
Fox is going to win the night. You know what people are concerned about? Listen to these headlines. $95 to fill up the family car. The man who was sucker punched on the New York City street has died. Hmm. Widely shared address online. Well, that was that's the extremist to the left. Drudge is dead. Drudge is cooking along. How about that? Could be Drudge the movie. City of Hate. Man dies after being sucker punched on Brooklyn Street. Oh, my God. What is going on in that city? Will monkeypox spread as fast as COVID? Possibly. Gas prices hit $5 national average. In California, drivers are paying $6.40 per gallon. What a joke. And then Biden goes on Kimmel and starts knocking President Trump. What a disgrace. These people have, and I mean zero shame. I'll tell you what people are concerned about. I'm going to play it right now. You know, they want to talk about violent crowd. The the violent crowd, the violent crowd, the violent crowd was the person who ended up in front of the home or tried to get to Judge Kavanaugh. That's the violent, that's the violence. The fact that the abortion advocates are encouraging people to try to kill members of the Supreme Court. Listen to this piece. Attempted murder after allegedly threatening to kill the justice. Terry Miranda is outside the Supreme Court with more. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Michael. From a Supreme Court that remains, as you can see, locked down like a fortress. And this scary incident last night, another sign of the threat environment these justices face and of how unhinged the debate around the court has become. Overnight, FBI agents searched the home of a California man who now faces attempted murder charges for allegedly plotting to assassinate Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, driven by abortion rights and gun violence. Investigators say 26-year-old Nicholas Roski, clad in black and carrying a backpack and suitcase, arrived outside Kavanaugh's home at around 1 a.m. early Wednesday. Roski then allegedly called 911, saying he had a gun on him and wanted to, quote, kill a specific Supreme Court justice. Oh. Shortly afterwards, U.S. Marshals already on scene arrested Roski. In his possession, a Glock handgun, a tactical oh. knife, pepper wow. spray, duct tape, and zip ties, as well as burglary tools. This obviously is a behavior that we will not tolerate. Threats of violence and actual violence against the justices, of course, strike at the heart of our democracy. The FBI says that Roski admitted to investigators that he was upset about the Uvalde school shooting and that leaked draft of a Supreme Court opinion that could overturn Roe versus Wade. In the days right after that draft opinion leaked, protests began outside of some Supreme Court justices' homes, including Kavanaugh's. In response, Attorney General Merrick Garland authorized increased security for justices, and the Senate unanimously passed legislation to extend security to their families. Republicans are now urging Democrats to bring that measure to the floor for a vote in the House. While those U.S. Marshals may have saved Justice Kavanaugh's life, Attorney General Merrick Garland is being criticized for not enforcing a 1950 federal law that makes it illegal to picket or protest outside a federal judge's home. Michael? It absolutely should be. This is ridiculous, folks. Good afternoon once again. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Uh, Earlier, we had on our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. By the way, I'm also seeing that apparently a North Providence police officer has been fired on fraudulent overtime. Boy, this stuff never helps the police. Um, someone sent me an article. But here's this other story. Gravy and Warren's soccer stadium project is in limbo. What, what, what are they talking about? See, this is the problem. This is where these people never learn. Betting on winners and losers. It doesn't work that way. That, that, that stuff should never be going on. 
as I've said in the past, a bunch of hotels were recently, just in the past two years, built in Newport. There was no one, you know, the owners of the hotels built them. No one else was building them. Like, this is ridiculous that they continue. And now Governor McKee, now the problem is they don't know what to do. Because otherwise the project becomes too big to fail. And waiting on the sidelines is the ultimate money pit. That stupid Superman building. What a joke. So they're saying monkeypox is hit. What's the other story? PVD Fest, return to the capital city this weekend. Are they going to try to cancel that? Of course not. I want to play for this, this for you. Excuse me, folks. This is really, really pathetic. But this is... And there are so many people, I get it, you're busy, you don't have time to pay attention, you're occupied with other things. As a result of that, a lot of people say, I just don't have time to get involved. They say politics, but it's, it's really government. People, I, I don't have time for politics. It's not politics, it's government. It's government is what it is. But this is... Um, Oh, they just, Channel 12 just has him signing it. So stupid. This is ridiculous. That's not helping Rhode Island with voting. They show Governor McKee signing it. And they're all standing around. I'm all excited. Not an accomplishment. There's Gorbea right above him. Seething, looking at him. There's nothing. Why, why are people clapping? There's nothing good about that. Now we have to worry about stupid monkeypox. All right, I want to hear what events are they going to cancel? They had no problem canceling uh, events for youth. They had no problem not allowing people to go to funerals. They had no problem announcing that. Let's hear what the Rhode Island Department of Health is now going to do. How about monkeypox? Is that going to affect any events in Rhode Island this weekend? Very interested to hear about that. Oh, no, because, oh, it's all the progressives that would attend those events. Oh, okay, the inside. The cool crowd, so to speak. Here we go. Breaking news. I'm Sheena Losciuto with 12 News, and we're tracking some breaking news. The Rhode Island Department of Health has identified the state's first probable case of monkeypox, meaning it's likely they've identified someone with the disease, but the official results are still pending. This person is being described as a male in his 30s, and right now the state believes this is linked to travel to Massachusetts, where the disease has already been identified. The state says the concern for the community is low right now. For more information, head to our website wpri.com now again they don't we don't want anything to interfere with the big with the big j6 hearing tonight of course not we could lose this developer says the Pawtucket mayor don grabian he could he's gonna walk away if we don't give him an extra 30 million yeah, let them find another pigeon. This is just a warning of what this, the Superman building would be even higher than this. What an absolute disgrace. They're certainly not business people, I'll tell you that much. All right, I want to hear this. Listen to this, folks. The state to pony up an additional $30 million for the so-called Tidewater Landing no Project. No way. The project, which includes a soccer stadium, housing, and commercial space, is getting pricier due to inflation. And Mayor Grubbian says he fears what may happen if the state doesn't chip in more money. 12 News reporter Amanda Pitts joins us live in Pawtucket with more tonight. Amanda? Well, Mike Shannon, if the state doesn't come through with that $30 million, Mayor Don Grebian said he fears the developer on this project will walk away. Good. 
It's more than that, right? This is our anchor. The Tidewater Landing Project is more than just a soccer stadium, says Pawtucket Mayor Don Grebian. The development alongside the Seekong River would include a 10,000-seat soccer stadium, 435 housing units, retail space, and a parking garage. But the price for Phase 1 has increased from $284 million to $344 million. There's a $30 million gap that was caused by inflationary costs and the supply chain. Developer for partners in the city have called on the state to fill that gap. That call has oh. now turned urgent. As Grebian suggests, the developer oh, is wait. growing impatient. You know, at some point, they feel insulted, and, and I think what? we're getting close to that. A closed-door meeting took place on Monday for hours between the developer, point, city, and Rhode Island insulted? Commerce, but the so state wait. hasn't committed. Because we're afraid and we're really concerned that we could lose um, this developer, right? And Too we've been bad. down this pathway before, and none of us wants that. Down this path with the Pawsox, Grebian says the state needs to start putting Pawtucket first. This would be the second time the state has not stepped in for Pawtucket. So what does that say to the outside world about investing they already in Rhode did. Island and here in Pawtucket? And the state just always puts so much money into, you know, the capital city. It's now time to take care of the Blackstone Valley. You know, again, folks, this is, that is so backwards. Wrong. Set up the parameters. And then if you, it shouldn't be, and let me just be very clear about this. Folks, good afternoon at 127. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. I want to remind people today they are going to be hearing those gun bills. So now, unfortunately, I've kind of seen this movie before. It certainly seems like a fait accompli. I'd love to be wrong on this, but my experience tells me differently. That once it hits this point, it hits the point of no return. Now it's just a formality. This portion of the program is brought to you by Propane Plus. Call them in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. Propane Plus. They want to be your propane supplier. Three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery. They offer online billing. You can depend on Propane Plus. If you'd like to learn more, log on at their website, which is propaneplus.com, and then you just type in your zip code, residential or commercial, it's Propane Plus. Or you can call them in Rhode Island, and Massachusetts, 401-885-4209 or Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Now, folks, at 128, uh, I do want to mention, I'm going to just touch on briefly, we have a lot of information on this missing person case. So, and now I'm starting to get all these wild theories that people are putting forward. And maybe it was this and maybe it was that. And I just want to remind people, the police remain it's basically a crime scene in front of a house. The police remain where she was supposedly headed the night of Monday the 16th. Now, I also just want to mention, I, I just, it's kind of a firsthand experience for me that no matter sometimes how many times we say something, that seemingly there's some people that they just don't absorb things. So I think we had a, a former police lieutenant on the other night and he, he said something that that I think makes a lot of sense and you hear that when somebody gets jammed up they jammed up excuse me they go where they know so if something tragic something happened something nefarious something heinous happened people don't the clock is ticking they don't have a lot of time to say maybe I'll do this maybe I'll do that they don't have time to research it's like you need to jump in motion Boom, immediately. So I wanted to mention, I had someone who was mentioning, as an example, different bodies of water. And if you saw it last night, if you haven't seen it. So I thought, all right, these people have suggested them. I'm going to go to them. And I went by them. But you could already tell there's something wrong with them, meaning the bodies of water. But I think when you stay with that theme, they go where they know. I have people sending me places where they would go if they... Something had happened to someone and they wanted to do something nefarious. It's not a matter of that. 
It's not a matter of where you would go. It would be where would they go. But it's just interesting. If you step back and said, you know, we, you know, there were some, there are some good examples. I don't have to give analogies. With the Whitey Bulger crew, they found what turned out to basically, it was like, a, you know, a, a terrible, but like a graveyard of where they were burying people. Because they knew it. They knew that area. They were comfortable in that area. That's where they were going. That's where they would go. Um, it's not a matter of, you know, I, I've had people, oh, I, I know of a place up in New No, no. It's, it's where they would go. <laughs> it's not where you would go. I don't know why people can't comprehend that. In the movie The Godfather, um, when, when it's Clemenza, he says, we got to find a place. He says, I, I know some good spots on the west side. And they start riding along and so forth. And then that's the whole thing of leave the gun, take the cannoli. Um, it's, it's, it's places that they know. I had someone last night try to mention different places that, that, that this person knows. And I said, do you know the, the owner of the home? No. Well, we had, we had a woman that said, oh, you know, Arcadia. Arcadia Park and Exeter. Oh, do, why, do you know the, the, the owner of the home? Does he go there? No, I don't know him. Has he ever been there? Oh, I don't know. Well, what are you talking about then? It's not where you would go. It's where they would go. And I know that this whole thing, it sounds a little odd. But if you said to someone, like, wherever you live, if something happened and you had to, I'll just say it, but like hide something. It's, it's a matter of where would you go. And so last night, if you haven't seen it, I, I think we got much closer. I think there's also an element of you'd want a spot that if you needed to, you could almost check on the spot to make sure that there's no activity around there. We, I learned a lot last night by doing our little exercise. We also learned people say, oh, there's a pond over there. Can the public access it? No. Well, then. Then what are you talking about? There's another pond we went to last night. The problem is it's like a fishbowl. You can see all the way across the pond. You can look all the way to your right. You can all the way to your left. Someone said, well, yeah, but if it's dark out, well, yeah, but you don't know. You don't know who's over there because it's dark out. I don't think so. I think last night we came very close. Now, someone else said, well, go check by this part of the bay. Well, the problem with the bay is you have tides and there's boats and you, you I, I think and again here's another good question how come the police aren't looking in these places that's a very good question I think there's something to be said about someone that hides something in a pond a pond is dark there are plenty of ponds that people don't swim, they don't kayak, they don't go into. They're deep, not too deep, but deep enough, and they're dark. And there's not a lot of turbulence like the ocean or the bay. You know, as soon as I went last night, someone said, you should check there, and I went. I'm not going to say exactly where, but first thing I saw were waves. no. You're not doing that. Nope. I think the element of, and as Lieutenant Gannett said, I'll quote him, you, they go where they know. They, they go to places that they are familiar with. It's a mystery. It's a missing person. And then there's all kind of lunacy now. Now people are just coming up with insane things. I think it's very interesting. Some of the people that are kind of considered suspect are pushing these wild theories. I find that very interesting. Very interesting. Suddenly now there's a new thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just remembered that she uh, met someone, talked about traveling around the country. (laughs) I find that very interesting. Folks, as the police said, you know, you tell a story to the police, you're kind of locked in on that. 
oh, on, on second thought, I wasn't there that night or blah, blah, blah. I want to repeat, I did speak with the Warwick police yesterday. And the Warwick police said, this case remains for us a top priority. The Charlotte Lesser missing person case remains a top priority. Now, I also, I want to just mention something. And again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show at 136 on this Thursday on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Right now, how many missing 44-year-old, 42-year-old, somewhere in there, women are there in Lincoln? None that I'm aware of. How many are there in Cranston? None that I'm aware of. How many women, 44 years old, 42, from Smithfield are suddenly missing? None that I'm aware of. How many people from Warwick? One. Charlotte Lester. Last seen Monday night, May 16th. I don't know. The police went to talk to the owner of a home where she was supposedly last headed. And they've never left. Set up camp, sectioned off, police tape, crime scene, and there's an officer there 24-7. Comes back to that. And then, of course, we have the people, did you think maybe maybe she checked herself into the hospital? Yeah, I don't think so. Well, maybe, did you check? Uh, yeah, people look there. Well, maybe, maybe it's under a pile of leaves. Well, yeah. Do you have any idea what the odor that comes out when someone has passed away? It's pretty strong. So, but for those that are interested, we've a lot of information on the website, a lot of information on the Facebook page, as a matter of fact. Uh, it remains, no one has been charged. Has anyone been arrested? I just said no one's been charged. And it remains a missing persons case. This portion of the John DePietro show on this Thursday is part by It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, our friend Marie, she is the queen of health. I admire her. She has the best products committed to helping people, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local local products like IC, honey, maple syrup, and also 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, hemp and CBD products. It's my, my health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. So President Biden last night on... With Jimmy Kimmel. To me, that's a turning point. And I'll tell you why. Because obviously the rest of the media would like to be interviewing him. And now you know why the media can't be, why he can't sit down for an interview. This business tonight is a disgrace and a joke of what they're going to try to do with this January 6th nonsense trespassing day it's all it is you know i normally watch everything i i've already seen it i've already watched it there's nothing more to watch there's nothing more to there's nothing more um i i I, they're not going to show me anything or if they do it's just you know this is this is bordering on like geraldo and Geraldo in the Al Capone vault. There's going to be nothing new. President Biden complained about the press and Jimmy Kimmel last night. His last interview with quoted journalists was February 10th, 119 days ago. Since taking office, I, I don't have to tell you how rare he has done an interview. Boy, they're hyping tonight with never seen video, new audio, and a mountain of evidence. The House January 6th committee will attempt to show not only the deadly violence at the Capitol. Yeah, they shot and killed Ashley Babbitt. But the backstory as the defeated president, Donald Trump, tried to overturn Biden's. I mean, you have got to be kidding me. You know, Kimmel deserves the criticism. That was an activist type interview. Peter Baker of the New York Times. Biden has, has not done an interview with the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Reuters, or the Associated Press. I can't think of a parallel situation. 
It's this is Peter Baker, of the New York Times. It's the fifth president I've covered. The first one I haven't interviewed. They feel neither the obligation nor the opportunity. They feel neither the obligation nor the opportunity to do it. The best White House reporting often isn't the result of interviews with the president, but that extended sit-downs remain an important function of accountability. Reporters whine about not getting interviews is one of the least attractive elements of White House press corps. But the president talks about defending democracy that's part of democracy. Now, again, that, that's the New York Times. That's the New York Times talking about that. Boy, that Kimmel interview last night. If you didn't see the entirety, I did post it. Um, I did post it on the Facebook page. I did post on the Facebook page the full Jimmy Kimmel interview. It was also, I thought it was, I can't believe like the amount of plugs they were doing leading up to it. And the jokes that that Jimmy Kimmel, you know, I don't stay up and watch Jimmy Kimmel. And after seeing some of this last night, I I see why I don't stay up and watch Jimmy Kimmel. I've seen some things that he seems kind of funny, but Last night, that was, um, well, I want to play some of it. It's just stupid. And he's got the mask on backstage, standing alone. Oh, my God. You know what else? He didn't know where to walk. He started to work, walk towards that Guillermo. Wow, it's really bad. Well, no one's picked up on that. He's seen thrown. Is to aviator sunglasses what Tom Cruise is to aviator sunglasses. I'm proud to say I voted for him dozens of times. He is the reason we all got a cavity search tonight. Please welcome the 46th president of the United States, Joe Biden. He started to go right for the sidekick. I don't know why no one's picked up on that. Ridiculous applause. But, you know, that was all part of it. Listen to the cheering. Is the commencement speech of Los Angeles Community College? Yes. Oh, I'm nice. Joe Biden's husband. She's right there. <laughs> I think you said I'm Joe Biden type thing. It's wonderful to have you here. Uh, in fact, I mean, I thought maybe you wanted me to just stay on Fox all the time. <laughs> you know, they're very concerned that I might not ask you serious questions, so I don't want oh, you to... Know, they really ask serious questions. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I don't want to upset them at all. Do you mind if I ask you some serious questions? Because this is, um, unfortunately... Do you mind if well, I, I ask you serious questions? Well, uh, Guillermo, maybe you need to take over... <laughs> We uh, were here in September of 2019, and one of the things we talked about at length was gun violence. And you said that we need to do something about gun violence, particularly when it comes to our schools. And here we are, a couple years later, we're halfway through this year already. There have been, what, 27 shootings at schools? I guess, right. I mean, just to get into it. Folks, I want to come out of this. I'm, I'm hearing that there is a press briefing right now at the Rhode Island State House in the they may be talking about some kind of tax relief. Um, this is, let me go to this. The maximum property who qualify. This is Speaker Joe Sakachi. Threshold from eligibility from thirty to $35,000. Uh, it's for disabled residents and elderly. Uh, we're going to raise that from current $400 to $600. This program provides leads to a system of tax credits and refunds to elderly and disabled Rhode Islanders who own or rent their homes. Eligible, eligibility is subject to household income threshold and being at least 65 years of old or disabled uh, and or you receive a social security disability benefit. 
One of the things that uh, we also worked on very hard, we listened to the business community, small business community in particular. One of the biggest areas they wanted to see was a reduction or, or an elimination of the fear of a major increase in unemployment. As we all know, COVID hit our businesses and the unemployment insurance fund pretty severely. Um, this particular uh, opportunity for, with, with income provides $100 million. $100 million in relief, so there will be no increase in unemployment taxes. I want to really thank the governor who gave us, the General Assembly, a roadmap that we followed. He did a very good job of highlighting priorities that were important to the people of Rhode Island, and he did an excellent job of using the one-time funds in one-time allocations. Uh, this opportunity with the funds was not an opportunity to really create new programs that we would have to fund in out years. We weren't sure we we're going to work. We wanted to provide funding for uh, things that we know were ongoing, things we know that are working, things we want to know that can work better. I certainly want to acknowledge also the Senate President and his efforts. We've been working over the last three weeks. I think we worked Saturday and Sunday last weekend, and, and we're continuing to work <coughs> Excuse me, this weekend. It has, been a, uh, it has been a challenge, but it's been good. All of this, all of this does not happen without my leadership team. I cannot be here. I cannot negotiate, talk about a budget with the governor and the Senate president unless I have the invaluable help of my chairman, Marvin Abney, my majority leader, Chris Blazajewski, and my whip, Katie Kazarian. Um, we've done a lot of good things in the last two budgets. When we have our press conference later tonight and we unveil the details of the budget, it's because of the work that those three individuals did. And I'm going to give them all the credit. And, of course, our talented fiscal staff. So I want to now turn it over to the Senate president. And I want to uh, give him an opportunity to speak. And then, of course, for the governor. But I want to thank them. It's not easy when you have three individuals who have different um, ideas on what we should do with the money and the spending and the cuts. But these two individuals who are on my right are good people who want to do the right thing for Rhode Island. And coming together, we're getting good things done for Rhode Island. I want to personally thank Dan McKee and Dominic Ruggieri for not only being good politicians, but for being good human beings. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Uh, I, I also want to thank uh, my team, especially uh, Senator Ryan Pearson. Uh, he has done an absolutely fabulous job with this budget. Uh, he and his team uh, in, in the House, his uh, vice chairs uh, of that committee, uh, and I want to commend them uh, for the great job that they've done. Uh, we wouldn't be sitting here today uh, without their efforts. Uh, and also collaborating uh, with the House's uh, fiscal team, uh, I, I think you're going to see some great results from some of the things that uh, the Speaker has just mentioned. So uh, I want to recognize everything they do uh, on a daily basis. Uh, a lot of it goes unnoticed, uh, but I certainly want to commend them for the phenomenal amount of work that they've this? done, especially with this budget. What is this? Uh, this was a difficult budget, obviously. Uh, on our portal, uh, we had about 17... What's the matter with you people? You people don't know all congratulating themselves. What a joke. Do people have any idea how high gas is? Commending themselves. It's all a club. Ridiculous. Commending themselves. For what? For all these projects? Yeah, let's build more schools. What a joke. Commend themselves. State is a train wreck. Plain English. Coming together. They were all in the same blanking party. That's their idea of coming together. People that are all in the... They don't even know what the word coming together means. Coming together. You're all in the Democrat Party. That's quite a trick saying that 
you only have a billion dollars, you got to figure out uh, where it's going to go. And a lot of those proposals, uh, it's been difficult uh, getting products, uh, but it's also... His allegiance uh, is to the laborers, price not taxpayers. Uh, uh, right. So uh, we, as the speaker said, are look, looking to do uh, meaningful relief uh, for the Rhode Islanders, uh, not only just normal Rhode Islanders, but also our businesses uh, that exist Gee, here. businesses. So uh, we're, we're on a course to, to wow. assist businesses Imagine that. and uh, to also provide billion dollar surplus uh, for all the constituents of the state of Rhode Island. I am absolutely elated about the car tax uh, phase out. Uh, we've been working you on this for a taxed number of years. In the first place. Uh, I have two uh, communities in my senatorial district, North Providence and Providence, to uh, try to had, get themselves uh, the reelected. Uh, two of the three highest car taxes in the state. Uh, that's been substantially addressed uh, over a period of time, Joe. but I think it's time to eliminate the car tax in its entirety. Uh, so, with the with the budget that we're looking to propose, uh, most. You Most Rhode Islanders will Two not be billion from this budget. tax in 2023. And I think that's a pretty substantial relief. Any vehicle uh, over uh, with a value over $6,000 uh, will no longer be taxed. So uh, I think that's uh, pretty pretty significant. This is the Senate president. Uh, also, uh, we're looking to do By the way, with the license plates. Their Normally, press what we're going to do is have a reissuance of the license plates. Uh, that was going to cost uh, each uh, Listen, there's still way too many taxes in the state. Uh, about $8. Uh, we are suspending that $8. Dollars. The state is going to pick up the tab uh, for the full uh, uh, reissuance of these license plates. Uh, obviously, uh, people will have to pay the amount of money that well, they obviously. pay uh, to register their vehicle. However, we're going to eliminate that, that cost uh, from, from the consumer. Uh, obviously, another way we're using um, uh, revenues is for uh, unemployment, the unemployment trust fund. It's been what? hit uh, pretty, another pretty piggy uh, during the pandemic. Uh, so fund. we're looking to address that and restore uh, the money in that fund and provide a little cushion uh, to help businesses. Uh, as I say, in the event of, we don't know what's coming down the pike tomorrow. We don't know where the coronavirus is going. Uh, we don't know where the economy is going. Uh, but I think this is something that we should do in order to prepare us uh, in the event that, that we have to rely on that fund uh, to assist people. Uh, as, as the speaker said earlier, uh, we are looking at a number of other ways to address uh, uh, taxes in the state. Uh, we're we're going to help business. Uh, we're going to help them. We're going to provide them with some of the relief that they need uh, to hire employees, uh, to keep prices down for consumers, and in many cases, just to keep the doors open uh, of many of our businesses. I am also absolutely thrilled about the, uh, the child tax credit, uh, as well as the circuit breaker uh, property tax credit uh, that is going to be in the budget. Uh, these funds are targeted uh, to families with children uh, who meet certain income thresholds. Why can't it be and everybody? Most of them are our low-income people. Um, we're also pleased to provide some ongoing tax relief, uh, including exempting uh, veterans' pensions from the income tax and increasing the income tax exemptions on other pensions and Social Security income from 15000 to 20000 So uh, those retirees are going to get a break in that aspect. Uh, it also help our seniors who have been struggling uh, with the high high price of uh, things that have been uh, uh, increasing. We're going to help them. Uh, food, uh, uh, rentals. Uh, uh, Senate and, President of Ireland. We need a uh, translator. Opportunity also. Uh, talk uh, about uh, uh, team. Uh, we've been working. Intensely for about six months on the budget, knowing that we had Static. a substantial amount of money that came in from the federal government, and the question was, okay, well, what are we going to do with it? Yeah, no kidding. Actually, uh, my colleagues in the Senate, they were no, they were never short of any ideas how we would spend this money. We're going to help them, uh, and uh, I appreciate the input that they have provided us. So, I want to thank Leader McCaffrey. Uh. I want to thank uh, Senator Mary Ellen Goodwin, who's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, Leader McCaffrey has been involved in a number of the issues, uh, especially uh, uh, they don't the deserve it. issue. He and uh, uh, Senator Josh Miller uh, worked over the past uh. year 
Uh, I don't know how many meetings they had. They must have had 25 or 30 meetings, a tour the number of facilities. Uh, but I want to thank him for the efforts that he put in, not only on that particular issue, but for what he does each and every day. Uh, so uh, I want to also, you know, recognize... What is this? Uh, uh, Speaker Sakachi and his leadership Oh, team, my God. Uh, for the cooperation that he has provided to the Senate... Uh, They're all members of the blanking Democrat Party. We've had uh, with the governor uh, and also with uh, what a with, joke. Uh, members of the uh, administration staff. Uh, we work uh, very well collaboratively uh, and because we we know we have to try to get uh, things done. Uh, I Ridiculous. think Rhode Island is in a great situation. What? We're looking at the green jobs, we're looking at the blue jobs uh, that are going to be coming from... Uh, um, uh, place is a train wreck. You know why? Because they have all these labor project jobs. More money to the unions. That's all they judge it on. And now they have a union puppet that's going to be the next Secretary of State. And with Speaker Sakachi into the near future. So thank you very much for being here. I appreciate your time and attention. And I would like to turn this over to His Excellency. The governor of the state of uh, uh, Dan McKee. Governor McGree. Mr. President, and, and thank you, Speaker, as well. Um, you know, since I've become governor, uh, we've made a real effort to make sure that we're connecting regularly on the most uh, things that, uh, that the state of Rhode Island. That thing is done. COVID issues or whether it has to do with uh, economy issues or it has to do with making sure that we provide opportunity for everybody in the, the state, state. Of So, And to make sure we make responsible investments in the future. You overtax us so $1 I, I billion. Just, just publicly acknowledge uh, we have different responsibilities. We are able to, to balance those and we have been able to arrive at uh, some really good Let's get um, some things done. outcomes as a result of that. And uh, we are at a historic time in our state yeah, a low uh, point. Coming out of COVID, uh, I do repeat this because I think that it, that we have to celebrate our victories when they when they come about. Let you me know, know when they are. The lowest unemployment rate in 30 years. I was at the training school last night at the graduation. Hopefully locked and up. The, uh, one of the young men that was graduating. Graduating uh, from the training that, school for boys? This is a great opportunity for all our young people, everybody in the state of Rhode Island. Lowest unemployment rate, and we still have There's jobs. There's no jobs. And this young man said... I got 15 job offers. Yeah. Very historic time frame. Part time. This is not. This is not ordinary. Fifteen dollars an hour is second in the country, according to Moody's Index. Wrong. In terms of an economic. We're, we're behind economy. in New England. We've never been there before either. So this is a historic well, time. Yeah. You Historically know, low. Momentum. I think we are smart to use our budget surplus in a way that oh, you really give it back to the people that paid that for it? positive energy in terms of our economy. Okay. And I think that we are Yo. in that. But we also have got to realize that there is um, a great deal of pressure out there inflation-wise, and we have to respond with some level of um, a tax relief, which I think we've arrived at a, at a good spot. And we'll continue to talk about issues uh, that can continue to provide that relief. But we did agree as a, as a group that we were going to wait till the May revenue came in. And then we were going to take a look at that. Well, it was very positive. And that puts us in a... No, we got overtaxed. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DiPietro. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them. Delicious lunch, drinks in the lounge. You can also sit out on the deck. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. It's 1.59. Coming up, you're going to hear the 2 o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. In the meantime, visit the website, depetro.com. I think the J6 thing tonight is, is just hype. That's all it is. We saw the real interview last night, and that was President Biden with Kimmel, and it was a disaster. All right, listen, enjoy this Thursday. WNRI Winsocket, W260DC. WNRI.